0: Welcome to Momentum Church. All right. Let's um, also take a second. This is the last Sunday for Pastor Stephanie to be here as she gets ready to go on maternity leave. So let's just give her a big celebratory. Yeah, Clap. Very good, very good. It was funny, when we were filming that little piece, my son Grant came home, and he was outside, and um, he came up, and when he came up, he joked because he said, it just sounds like you normally around the house, you know? (laughs) And um, because I seem like I'm always finding guitar and singing some old school stuff. But, but, uh, well, this is our second week in our Space Invaders series. And I'm looking forward to kind of getting into some revelatory type stuff today. Something I think that will kind of pop in your mind and give you some understanding about the busyness that we face. And um, you ever feel like you wish there was 26 hours in a day? How how many? Just raise your hand like, like. What would you do? Like, like, if you had that like two extra hours, just sleep? Any sleepers? Any sleepers? You know? No, no. You'd work out. You know? You got the guys like yes. You know? Whatever you would do. But the, and then if you think about it, we just had a day where we lost an hour. Seems like we're going backwards, right? But no, not really. Because guess what? It stays lighter longer. How about you? For me, that's like gaining an hour because I like the outdoors. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh man, I got another hour to do things that Amy tells me to do outside. <laughs> Right? Break. I still got a pile of leaves I got to get finished up and things like that, you know? Leaves, yes, I know it's spring. I'm supposed to do it in the fall. But I got an extra hour now. I'm going to get it, all right? But listen, if you're like me, you get kind of excited about, about just filling your day with stuff. And, and um, what, what, what can I fill with that time now, you know? And I don't know about y'all, if I have space, I fill it. And that is how I lived my life completely up until 2019. About two years ago, I began to understand some things about my own nature, and it was leading me down a path that wasn't physically, spiritually, relationally. It really wasn't even occupationally healthy, because I wouldn't be the pastor I need to be for the next however many years for you guys, the next 15 years. I was going to say 20, but I'm actually too old, I think. Like, you know, you get older, and you're like, well, I'm not going to be pastoring that old, you know. But but. I would not have been, I would not make it that far if I wouldn't have made changes a couple years ago. And next week, we're going to look at some real practical ways to make some changes. But I want to delve a little bit deeper in today at at, at why we allow ourselves to get busy. I don't know about for me, if I always filled my life up because I think maybe I had a case of FOMO, you know, I mean, I can sleep when I, when I die, you know, I, I can experience rest and glory when I get to heaven, right? And so there was that kind of mindset I think I always had. And, and, or maybe I just, to be honest, was afraid to be still too long. I don't know about you guys, that stillness is weird for me. Just to be quiet? I'm a talker. Everybody's like, I didn't notice. To be still for a little bit is weird, you know? And so I was always trying to figure out the next thing. And sometimes it was filled with good stuff. I mean, I'm like, let's read another book. Let's watch another this. Let's do something with the family. Let's do it. But it was just constant, always going. And I have been notorious for my whole life, filling every moment of every day with something. And at times, I'm still battling that tendency, all right? I'll ask one more time. How many here at times you battle that tendency, all right? So the thing with it is that's a tendency I have conflicting beliefs, all right? And that's always hard when you have conflicting beliefs because I know on one side, that's not the answer to getting more out of life. Just stacking up my day. Remember last week, we showed you all the chairs. There's always something to add to your day. I don't even remember how many chairs we had up here last week. You, know, you can hardly walk amongst them. How many this week you thought about those chairs? In your mind, you're thinking, oh yeah, that's a ch- that's something else, that's another busy thing, that's another thing. You know, I, I get that. And we're gonna fill our lives with more. And so I, I have those conflicting beliefs that I want more out of life, but, but I, I just don't know if I can have the capacity for more. I don't, I don't know if I can add one more thing. You feel that way? Hmm. But listen, I really do, here's my conf- conflict. I know it's not all the stuff that's going to give me a better life, but guess what? I actually believe that God wants you to experience more out of life than you're experiencing now. Yeah. That's my conflict. It's like, like, I know me stacking it up isn't going to get the life that I want. I get that, but I really think God has more for me. You feel like God has more for you? I don't know what that looks like. More with your kids, more with your wife, you know, more at work and your occupation, more. He has more for you. I I believe he's a God that brings more. We tell people around here that we exist because we want to lead people to find more in life through Christ. That's, that's Momentum Church. That's the church that you're a part of. Shout more. More. Oh, shout like you want some more. Come on, more. More. Yeah, like, like they they put a little bit of barbecue on your plate, but you're like, I want some, I want some. Yeah, I want some more barbecue on my plate. Not anymore. I've worked through that, sort of, okay. So (laughs) that's my first belief that I think God wants us to experience more. My second belief is that that most of us in the room want to experience more. I think God wants us to experience more. You want to experience more. But as I say all those things, it causes you to get nervous. Pastor, I feel a little bit nervous because I can't take one more thing into my life and you're saying more is coming. How do I do more? How do I increase? I don't have the capacity You showed us last week not to fill our lives up with so much. Now you're saying God wants to bring more. Ross, I don't have the capacity for more. Listen, if I could reveal to you, all right, a way to truly experience more in life, would you give it a try? If I could show you a way, okay, if I could show you a way to double your capacity to experience more in your life, would you do it? Now, Y'all are looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. You know what that means? That's like, like, what's he trying to sell? I feel like Tony Robbins. If I can double your capacity, would you do it? But I'm not Tony Robbins, right? I'm not, okay? I'm better looking and shorter, but still. (laughs) But if I could, if I could show you way to double your capacity, would you do it? Before we're finished today, We're going to show you how to double your capacity to experience the more that God has for you. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to honor God's word. I want to go back to the scripture we ended with last week and kind of begin to move forward from that point. So it's Haggai 1 verse 5 through 9. And it says, therefore, now therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, consider your ways. And so if we're looking at the busyness of our lives and our capacity, we got to slow down for a little bit and consider our ways. And watch this, because you do so much, but it says you've sown much, but you harvest little. And I'm preaching, this is one of those ones I'm pointing at y'all, but I'm pointing at myself, okay? You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And when I read that, often this scripture is used as a a giving, a tithe message. You should consider your ways and you should give. I agree with that. Amen. But that's not what I'm looking at today. When I look at this, it's just the things we put our hands to, the activities of our life come up short sometimes. If we don't, everybody say, consider your ways. Now tap yourself on your chest and say, consider my ways. Yeah, if we don't consider my ways, I got to consider my ways. Go ahead and have your seat and we're going to continue. Last week, we saw that busyness is a thief. It tries to steal. And I told you that what happens is it comes across, busyness comes across and it's a placebo for purpose. It's one of those things to where, look at all I'm doing, I must be doing good, because look at everything stacked up. We filled a stage full of the stuff, and so I must be doing good, so I must be moving in purpose. Actually, next week, I'm going to give you a two-question, two-scripture matrix to take every decision you're making in life, all right? And it will help you determine what to busy yourself with that actually will bring more and what not. Sound good? All right, I'm not going to get to it today. Amen? So that means you got to come back next week. All right. That's what we call in the business a hook. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> but what we saw last week is that busyness will put us in danger of losing more than we ever could gain if we're not careful. So I told you last week, we're going to look at what the root of busyness is. And here's what the root of business is. It is pride. Let that sit in. Well, no, pastor, there's At the root, I believe, of all busyness, the root is pride. And so I wanted today to kind of dig into the root, that root of pride. And that root of pride comes with many faces. And so we're going to go back to our chairs. Is that okay? We used these last week. So pride has many faces. And one of the faces that pride can have is it can be fear-based, all right? It could be fear-based. And this is what causes us to get busy because we want to be people pleasers. We are afraid of not doing something because if we don't do that, they will withhold their love. They'll withhold their appreciation. They'll withhold their, their worth of you. They'll withhold. It's a fear of loss. Does that make sense? But it comes to Pride. Because I don't, my, my ego wants to be sure that I'm getting what I deserve and I want love and I want appreciation. So for instance, if you say, Pastor Amy, yes, let me go do a meal train. All right? Which is great. When she calls and asks you to do that, guess what? Do it. No, it's a good thing. But watch the, the, the motive here. If going and doing that meal train is done in such a way because you want to show love to another person, then do it. But if going to do the meal train, you're doing it because you want to receive that love from the other person. Don't do it. You see the difference in the motive? If, if doing it, if I don't do this, Amy will be upset with me. And that is true. I'm just joking because it's true. It's so, um, No, last week we had like three families that really are in need, you know, so it's something we do. And here's the reason why we want to be a a church that is a, a, not a mega church, but we want to be a micro church with macro impact. Amen. So we're going to do stuff that, did you have some big church worship up in here? Come on somebody. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, but we're going to do some micro stuff too. Amen. We're going to be the kind of church that that gets into the nitty-gritty and does life with people. Isn't that awesome? So a micro church, macro impact that has nothing to do with this sermon. But what I was getting at was just the idea that if you're asked to do something, check your motive. Am I doing this because I'm afraid of losing something? I'm afraid of losing appreciation or whatever it might be, you know? And um, be honest, my pastor is here. Pastor Blair? Mom Blair, they're here. Pastor Corey, that's his dad and mom, and I worked for him for 11 years. What's crazy, Pastor, in September, your son will work for me 11 years. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. I'm a better boss than him. No, I'm just joking. Pastor is incredible. But I'll be honest, when he brought me on, the world I lived in in ministry, I didn't know anybody that was full-time as a pastor. My dad wasn't full-time. My dad would go preach revivals for people. They weren't full-time. You know, the, 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 the biggest churches that we would go to, they wouldn't be full-time pastors. They were smaller churches. And I had this fear. I had a fear that I would not live up to being paid a full-time salary. And so I ran like crazy to please pastor. And he didn't demand that of me. I ran like crazy to please the people. They didn't demand that of me. It was my pride that was struggling. And I just wanted to be sure I was worth That, I won't say how much. I won't say how little. (laughs) It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? So people pleasing. (laughs) And it's good to have you, Pastor and Mom Blair. I love it. If I'm the father of the house here, they're the grandparents. Amen? So we wouldn't be a church if they wouldn't help plant us all those years ago. Number two, pride can be reward-based. Okay? So it's reward-based. And so we stack up another chair here, and I'm making decisions. My life is getting busy because I'm fearful, and also I'm looking to have reward. So, what that looks like is the pat on the back. Whereas the first is motivated by fear, this one is more motivated by a desire for, for glory, if you will, a desire for an attaboy. And I do think, can I just be honest? There's a narcissism in a lot of ministers, myself included just being honest. I don't know why. It's just part of being comfortable. Come and stand here and talk every week to 300 people. You get a little, you're a little bit of a narcissist. Can I just be honest? Work that out of me. Dan, you live that way. All right. But you love the attaboys. I'm just being honest. Dan, we love the attaboys. And you got to fight through that as a young minister. My first 10 to 15 years as a pastor, it was the attaboys. I'm not saying that I didn't do it for Jesus. I did but I did a whole lot for my pastor and I did a whole lot for, for the people. I can't believe, Pastor Ross, you dropped everything and you came. Well, of course I did. Oh, all for his glory. Holy Ghost hands. No, some of that was because I enjoyed the attaboy, you know? And so the call would come and I want the pat on the back. So here I am to save the day, super pastor, you know? Man, God delivered me of that when I moved here. I realized really, really quick, the first few months of being here, I couldn't do ministry like that anymore, you know? And, and, and we begin to stop those things. But the first 10 to 15 years of ministry, man, it was all over me. Number three, everybody say number three. number three. This is the third thing. And you can see these things are just stacking up in our life. If we're not careful, they begin to just stack up in our life. We begin to make decisions regarding things that cause us to be busy based out of one's view of importance, and this is going to be twofold, okay? So pride can be based in one's view of importance. The first one is improving oneself. I have to prove myself. And where that comes from, that's in the underestimating of your importance. Does that make sense? I'm always wondering if I'm enough. I'm always wondering if I measure up and one more act, one more action, one more duty, one more assignment, one more task, if I can just prove that I'm enough. And so you prove yourself. And you know what? Here's the sad thing about that. You go through life, and some of us in this room have never, ever stopped trying to prove ourselves to some MFTPS in our lives. And you thought I was cussing, didn't (laughs) you? Where's your minds? We've lived our lives trying to prove ourselves to a mother, a father, a preacher, a teacher, or the society at large. An MFTPS. You know, does that make sense? Mindsets that I got to measure up, I got to measure up, I got to measure up. I love my dad. He put a strong work ethic in me. But I literally thought if you did not work 16 hours a day, you weren't worth your salt. Literally thought somehow he didn't tell me this. This got in my head. I could not do my devotional life or read a self-development book on your all's dime. What do you mean by that, Ross? I would get up at 5 in the morning to do my reading, my time, 5.30 in the morning, before I ever get 2 and 2, so that I could have books to read, so I could learn, so I could grow. I don't know why I never put the 2 and 2 together until 2 years ago. Me growing at 2 in the afternoon, reading something about life change, and, and growing in ministry, Christian books even, I wouldn't read. If I wasn't preparing a sermon, visiting with somebody, counseling, I used to do eight, 10 counseling sessions a week. If I wasn't doing that, I didn't think I was worth my salt. Why? I had this undue, unimportant. I I didn't know if I was important enough. Does that make sense? And I was frying myself out after all those years. I didn't realize, no, you know what? Sometimes my best afternoon is spent and you'll laugh at me. I bring a hammock and I hang it here in the kids' um, where's the playground? Wherever the playground is. And I'll go out there and do my devotions. Go read the word. Go, you know, I would read the word. I just wasn't going to do it in that 8, 10 hour slot while I'm here in the building. Isn't that weird? It's just weird. And I saw my dad. My dad worked too. He was a pastor. He was a businessman. And then he would come home and at night would spend two hours every night in the word. He tithed his time. That was how he did it. He tithed his time. He would spend two hours every night away from us. And I love my dad. And he needed that. There was things my dad had gone through that he needed that. Amen? But that was something where I, I've got to do that. I've got, I've got to be like that. And so I underestimated my importance. Here's another one, performance-driven. That's, that's still in the area of, of, of importance, but it's the overestimation of your importance. When I, when I came back from the sabbatical, I got to do 12 weeks, about two, a year and a half, two years ago which was incredible that my board and our staff and you as a church recognized that I needed that and I appreciate it and there was a part of me that when I came back I hope this place struggled (laughs) I mean I I mean there was a little bit there was a part I mean like I think everybody's human but guess what and I actually talked to different preachers and tell them I'm going to do this sabbatical oh you can't do that I knew this pastor that did it, and his church, it split in half. I knew this pastor that did it, and this happened. I knew this pastor, and I said, well, you know what? Here's the thing. They didn't have the staff that I have. Come on, somebody. I'm just being honest. My staff will kick your staff's butt. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) So when I came back, guess what I found out? I had this Just cold water moment in my face. Ross Wiseman at Momentum Church is dispensable. I had too high of an an importance on myself, and I realized in that three months, I'm dispensable to this place because God's hands on this place. I ain't going nowhere. I'm just saying I'm dispensable. You know who I'm not dispensable to? My wife. You know I'm not dispensable to my children and my future grandchildren. You know I'm not dispensable to my close friends. Amen? Does that make sense? That 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 idea of, of, of performance, that idea of, of being performance driven, overestimating importance. Man, I got that worked out of me that day. You know, you need to get it worked out of you. Can I tell you a way to get it worked out? Listen to this. If you want to quit your job, you're gonna have to go give them a two-week notice, right? But tomorrow is Monday, and if they don't want you anymore, they're going to bring you in the office. Security guard over here, because they know you go to Momentum Church, and you'll fight. (laughs) I know who I pastor. Security guy over here, and they're going to say, your time with this is over. Please take your stuff and go. That's how important, that's how dispensable you are, or indispensable you are at your job. Amen? That's freeing, isn't it? You're like, no, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's the idea that, that I'm not going to be driven by pride in that. The fourth thing is the pride that comes from materialism. The pride that comes from materialism. And this is a pursuit of possessions. I want more. If I work a little more, I can have a little more, a little bit bigger house, a little bit nicer car. And I don't have anything wrong with that. I have a little bit nicer house now because I remodeled it and I got a nicer car. I'm happy having nicer. I've been in a Yugo. I know. I've been in two Yugos. Not many people can tell you that. But that idea of it never ends, I think the iPhones gave us a good example of that years ago. When they first came out, it was like, oh, I got to have the next one. Oh, I got to have the next one. Oh, I got to have the next one. Never ending pursuit of more, more, more. And Here's what Luke 9, 25 says, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? That pursuit of more, that pride in materialism, what does it gain if you end up losing yourself? That's number four. Number five, we almost have them all done here. Number five, this is in the area of being power Okay? So pride can be based in, in control. I call this being power-hungry. If I stay busy, it's a sign that I'm in control. No, it could be a sign that the tail is wagging the dog. But it feels like I'm in control because I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. See what I'm saying? And so that can be an act of pride. And then finally, pride can be seen in how you handle circumstances. Just your everyday decisions, your everyday planning. And this one's gonna be a little different. When I say it, you'll be like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really, I didn't get that at first, you know? But just listen. So poor planning, I believe, is an act of pride. Or it can be. You're too proud to have a plan. I just go by the seat of my pants. That's just the kind of person I am. That's the kind of leader I am. I just, I just roll with the punches. You know what I mean? Which is good. You need to be adaptable, right? Like we need to be adaptable. We got to roll with the punches. We do. I, I get that. But listen, here's what the problem is. Some people, they live off the cuff because it seems liberating, but too often it leads to even more busyness and stress. It's, it's pride in the fact that, you know what? I got this, it'll all work, and it does, but the problem with it is too often we let our, I'm sorry, if you don't have a plan, the better part of your work will be done frantically and by yourself, so that's a good question, like ask yourself, do I find myself working in a frantic hurry alone often, or if not alone, dragging people into, into this thing to get it done quick, you know, It's poor planning, and it's prideful because it's like, you know what? It's laissez-faire. I got this as just living off the cuff. It's not fair to you, and it's not fair to the people around you. Too often, we let our planning or the lack of to be dictated by pride instead of what would best serve our soul, our family, our church, and even our places of work. Amen? And so that's just a few things about pride. And what I want to do is I I kind of want to bring this home. I need six people that's not afraid of COVID, okay? And um, if I can have, not that we're going to introduce COVID. All right, come on up, Dave. So, and here's here's a bottle of COVID. No, we're not, we're not. COVID has nothing to do with this. So go ahead and have a seat. And so he's going to, every one of these pride seats, if you will, I want to seat somebody. Shannon, come on up. So anybody else want to come up here? All right, come on up, Leanne. Come on up. All right, let's see. We got a couple girls, a couple guys. Are you coming up, Jim? All right. Everybody come up. We need, I think we might need one more. Is there one more? All right, you got it. Thanks, Keith. All right, good. You guys look good. Thank them for coming up. All right. All right. So I, wanna, I want to do something, and don't get nervous. I'm getting into a bag. That's always kind of scary. It's a party now. All right. Hold that. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Bring this around. I'm going to put this on your knees, guys. All right. Can you hold that there? Yep. All right. There you go. Good stuff. Thank them again. All right. <laughs> so I began to talk today with if I could reveal to you a way to truly experience more in life, would you give it a try? I said if I could show you a way to double, say double your capacity you would do it double your capacity you would would do it all right and so can I just show you something here I want to take this okay we're going to take this rope and Keith why don't you take this side and run down there with it okay and we're going to make it taut and then lift it over everybody all right and let's put it on the ground tighten it up let's put it in the front here yeah that'll work all right very good thank you so what I want to do go ahead back here Keith So what I want to do here is I want to show you something here, because if you want to experience more in life, I've told you this last week a little bit, but I want to give you a picture of it. You've got to make room for less. You want to make more room, you want to experience more, you make room for less. You've got to spread out for margin to take place, all right? So what I want to do is, let's all stand up, all right? I'm going to bring that one there. And you go ahead and have a seat, David. Not here. Back in your seat. Everybody go to your seat. Your seat. That one right oh there. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. Don't. Want, everybody sit down until your seat's there. Don't want anybody to get hurt. There you go. All right. I think that'll work. Everybody sit down there. All right. So what I want you to see that's so cool is there's space. You see all this space? There's, 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 how you doing? I'm good. I, how you do? I could have done that before. There was no, everybody say margin. margin. You know? So there's stuff. I mean, I can get in here and, and, and tussle with Jim. I'm not going to. This guy, <laughs> I, I'm not going to even tell you his background. CIA. So, so, <laughs> no, but yeah, so here's what I want to do. I, I wrap this so that it wouldn't not, and I'm going to work really hard not to get nervous or clumsy. There you go. Hold on to that. All right. There we go. Here we go. I'm going to take this. And in the margin, you know, you start to have life. Things are happening, you know. You're, you're going to have a tea party with your little girl in the margin. You got little ones. You got a little guy, yeah. right? You're going to go and show them how to shoot that Red rider BB gun, you know. Oh, Lord, be sad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've seen him. He's trouble. I, I was going to get close. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. See, I knew I was going to get close. We got you. Have you been wrapped up like this before, Jim?) <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask faith,? <laughs> In the margin I know I know it's getting tangled a little bit, but all this stuff all right, almost there. We're almost there. Do you see what I'm doing? We're experiencing life. We're, we're all around there. there's life happening, right? You'll have to you hold that, okay? So all around them, they're getting to experience life. It's not just all constrained. Remember last week, everything was so tight, you know? I I wish I would have thought about when they were tighter to go from this side to this side. I mean, I'd have to go all the way around before, you know? Now you can just walk right through, you know? It it changes things when there's space. And so what I want to do now is I want to show you something I think is so cool, all right? And hopefully you won't forget this. Alright. I should have had music. That would have been fun. I'm not sure what kind of music is. Rope music. Roll high or something like that. No, no, no. Okay. Run 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 your end, that end there, down that way. Take it to the end of that. Alright. Alright. Now what I want you to see, no, bring it right to the other end of that other string. Yep, perfect. Okay you want to double the capacity in your life, what do you do? You create margin. It'll be a little bit more because we went around a couple a little bit extra like. But you see that? Everybody? Yay. All right. Pastor, that's a silly illustration. But guys, I don't want you to forget It's in the margin that real life starts to happen. It's in the margin where you double your ability to hold on to experiences. Do you realize that the surface area around each of those chairs, when you take it all, it's about double what you'd have if you just had the fronts and the backs, right? Literally the surface area, the area of your life that holds memories, the areas of your life where innovation will come. I often tell people, I think outside the, the edges of my mind. And what that means is, it's, 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 it might be because of my ADD. I've got to get myself in a place sometimes where whew, it's calm. And then all of a sudden, a thought over here on the edge. Some of my best sermons would happen when I was, when I was mowing. Some of my best sermons happen. I don't know why. When I'm ironing clothes, the steam, it just comes up. It, it releases something, endorphins. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I'm telling you. you know, so, so just that idea that, that that space allows you to be innovative. Your best next business idea is gonna come when you have some margin, you know? That that, that next best date's gonna come when you have some margin. That best next experience you're gonna have with your kid is gonna come when you have some margin. It is not about this rope, all right? Caitlin, would you come up and sit? Share a seat with your husband, would you? All right? Your wife, is she here today? No, she's at work. All right, anybody wanna be his wife? No, I'm teasing. (laughs) Chip, come up here and sit. You have to slide over just a little bit, you know? Is faith serving somewhere? Does anybody want to sit with Jim? <laughs> just give me a guy. Come on up here. Brian, get up here. Clay, where's Clay? Come on up here, Clay. Come sit with your wife. Is Kay here? No. No? no. She's not here? There she is. Come on up here and sit. Where's your son? See him? Think. Come on up here. It's not about some illustration with the rope. Okay? That's not what it's about. Guys, you creating margin in your life, it's about you experiencing more in life with the people you love. It's about you experiencing more in life with the people you serve with at a church. It's about you experiencing more in life. It literally spreading the seats out. There's no way you could have done that with those seats that close. But by spreading the seats out, it's not about a rope, it's about a life. But the truth of the matter is, when it does come to the idea of the rope, if you don't spread out, guess what? You'll come up short every time, every time, amen? And so I want to be able to cause you to increase your capacity. And so what we want to do is let's thank these guys as they go to their seat, amen? <laughs> Thanks, guys. So listen, that Luke nine twenty five passage, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? I, I like that word forfeit, I told you that busyness is a thief. No, no, if it was in your power to keep someone from taking something from you, you'd be fighting. When it comes to busyness, often we're not even fighting. We're forfeiting. That means that we're not even trying. And I wanna challenge us as God's people to create space, to create margin where the moving of the Holy Spirit can happen in our lives. I don't know if you've noticed, we're trying to create more space in the services for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because great things happen in the margin. Amen? Man, the power of God was in this house last Sunday so beautifully, and great things happen in the margin. I want you to find that for your own selves in your own homes. Like I said, to forfeit means you're not even trying. It's easy to steal something when somebody is forfeiting it, when they're surrendering it, and the cost is too great because literally the cost is you you will come up short. That Luke 9, 25 passage in the message says it this way. What good would it be to do? I'm sorry, what good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? Amen. So we started with that question. If we could show you a way to double your capacity, would you do it? And I wanna encourage you to increase that surface area that helps you to hold on to more by creating margin in your life. So you have an assignment this week and here's what your assignment is to deal with the space invaders that try to block everything up. The assignment is this, say no to one thing this week and husbands, I'm giving you a bye. The wife's like, do this. Pastor said no. And wives, you have to be okay with that, okay? So, no, r- really, I don't know what that might look like. And it, and, and it may be something small. It's the practice. It's okay to say no to something, amen? And so that's my assignment to you today, is for you to say no. Can you think of what that one thing might be in your life that you need to say no this week too? When you leave here this week, do that, all right? Now, listen, we're gonna dismiss. I know it's just a little shorter than we normally have. And um, the reason why is because... Today, before we fully dismiss, I have a friend who is a friend of this house, this ministry, for a lot of years. He's our missionary. I can't say what country. I will here in a moment when we go offline. All right? But what I want to tell people at home, before we fully dismiss, I want you to hear this from from us There at home, all right? And then this person will come and speak here because he ministers in very sensitive areas. What they're doing is global and it's very sensitive. And so our missionary that's going to come and do a window for us today, he is reaching people all over the world through the Center for Global Reach which is a division of the Assemblies of God World Missions and the Global University. The primary mission of CGR is developing evangelism and discipleship training networks around the world with a specific focus on outreach to sensitive countries. Now, mind you, we've been friends with these people for years. When they aren't on field, they spent 14 years in this sensitive country. When they weren't on field, every few years, they would come back for a short season. They got to live in the near area and they got to come to this. This was their home church, so watching their kids grow up through the years is just a joy, all right? And God has transitioned him from being in the field to supporting people now all over the country. He'll explain that in a moment. And so they bring on four objectives to languages, et cetera, in sensitive countries, rather. And so the training networks are built on four objectives to proclaim Jesus, to train local pastors and believers. And if you haven't noticed your pastor, we've had missions for years, but we haven't spoke a lot about it. We need to begin to understand we're part of a global movement called the Church of Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel needs to go. And that's who we're a part of. And man, that's our family out there. And I just want us to have a better understanding of our family around the world. And so again, this is somebody we've been supporting for a long time. And we want to keep doing that. And as he moves into this area. They train local pastors and believers, they establish local churches, and they change lives, obviously, as they do those things. So what I want to do is I want to encourage those that are at home, you can give online like you've been doing. We love you. If you want more information, put a seven in the comments so we can get you some more information privately, all right? We love you. We want, as a church family, as we applaud you guys out, we're going to say we are with you on the journey. Just kind of applaud our family. Our family of God all over the the place, you know, because we're not just all here. We're one body in a lot of places right now. Amen. And so at this time, they're going to confirm that the cameras are off and we're not broadcasting. Pastor Jared. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.